oh no, what's that sound? Oh, it's just three sexy T-Rexes from America's most prehistoric <laughs> podcast, The Pod People. I'm Matisse Van Rossum, and I like to grab life by the balls. Uh, I'm Ben Sheets, king of the testicular standoff. Hi, and I'm Cleveland Mosier, and I'm feeling salacious in the Cretaceous. <laughs> For real, though, I'm uh, running on very little sleep, and I, I pre-gamed before this podcast. So Who uh, fucking cares? It's going to be one of those this Who week. Who fucking cares? Yeah, I, oh, I certainly don't. Folks who have been listening for the last uh, few weeks or months may have noticed that we've been doing a lot of very highbrow masterpiece films. We've been talking about a lot of five-star ratings on here. Straight from Golden bangers. Buds. Straight banger bangers. after banger. And we said, you know, like, these would be good movies, good episodes. Too much thinking. But too much thinking, yeah. and this is a dumb guy's podcast. Not this week. First and foremost. Not this, this is a, fucking week. This is a dumb guy's podcast. Yep. So we decided that uh, to keep from getting stale, we need to mix things up. And uh, Ben mixed things up in a fucking absolutely wild way this week. The film that we're going to be talking about this fine evening is the 1994 film Tammy and the T-Rex, written and directed by Stuart Raffel and starring Denise Richards, Paul Walker, Ellen Dubin, Terry Kaiser, and Theo Forsett. And the star of the show, a 10-foot-tall animatronic T-Rex. Now, some people might be wondering, Tammy and the T-Rex, isn't that a family movie? Isn't that a kid's movie? That's not a horror movie, right? Well... Normally, you would be right, but this time, you'd be wrong. Ben, yeah, tell okay. us a little bit you about fools. this. You fools. You're so wrong. The director, Stuart Raffle, uh, was contacted by this Dutch businessman who owned a huge chain of theaters in South America. Yeah, it was And me. he came to it, and he said, hey, I have this animatronic T-Rex for three weeks before I have to ship it to an amusement park in Texas. I want to make a movie with it. Can you do that? Stuart Raffle says, you know, uh, do you have a script? And he says, hell no. Why do you think <laughs> I called you? Uh, so Stuart Raffle has a budget of a million dollars, three weeks. And an animatronic and a, T-Rex. And an animatronic T-Rex. <laughs> and he makes a masterpiece with it. He makes a brilliantly weird bizarre uh gory horror comedy the thing is once he wrapped it all and you know had it finished he showed it to the businessman and the businessman was outraged he was super upset with all the gore and everything and he said how the hell am i gonna sell this film so he took it from the director and shipped it off to south america for some south american schmuck to cut up and apparently they didn't even know what they were doing because they didn't even name the film correctly in the movie. <laughs> if you watch the credits, it's labeled Tanny and the Teenage T-Rex. Yes, Tanny with an N. Uh, that was Two of them. Two of them. <laughs> Instead of Tammy. That was the first, that's the first thing you see when you turn on this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's Tanny and the Teenage T-Rex. Yeah, they cut out all the gold and a lot of the horniness out of the movie so it could be a pg-13 rated family movie 
and it was a commercial and critical flop as expected and was all but forgotten about for decades until a couple years ago there's this distribution company vinegar syndrome they're kind of the the criterion of exploitation movies uh they discovered that there was an r-rated cut of this movie and through a lot of searching they found the actual original print and gave us this masterpiece we have today thank you vinegar syndrome remarkable thank you yeah, this was a fucking fever dream of a film. I have never seen the non-R-rated cut, but I have heard a lot about uh, how bad it is. And I must say, I cannot even imagine what it would be like because so much of this movie is gore and horniness. Yeah, I, the whole movie, basically. And to learn that, I'm not at all surprised, because while we were watching this movie, I was trying to figure out, like, where does this idea come from? Where does this absolute nonsense get its start? And I figured, well, obviously, they had an animatronic T-Rex, and they wanted to put it in a movie, so they said, well, what what kind of movie can we make around this? And sure enough, I was right, because, like, I don't know how you get this fucking movie. The premise, loosely, is Paul Walker uh, is in love with Tammy, played by Denise Richards, and she has a, uh, a nasty uh, motorcycle gang scumbag boyfriend who gets jealous and uh, tries to murder Paul Walker by abandoning him in a safari park <laughs> to, be, to be mauled by lions. <laughs> Not even uh, like a motorcycle gang. They're like a they're like a like a grease. Yes, yeah. They're like a they're like a gang. Um, yeah, leather jacket, high school doo-wop style. They're gang. extremely yeah. horny for violence, though. Yeah. Yes, especially Very. one one bitch in particular is <laughs> yeah. wildly horny for violence. But uh, they try to kill Paul Walker, and uh, his body is stolen by a mad German doctor who rules. Proceeds to then. <laughs> Put his put Paul Walker's brain inside a a big animatronic T Rex. Yep, and that's yep, that's the movie. Yeah, <laughs> in a nutshell. The biggest thing I'll say is the director knew what he was going for, and yes. you know the kind of movie he was making. Everyone I think on set does, yeah, as well. Like uh, everyone was just there to have fun. Probably had a few beers. And we're just, you know, making the most out of a, a weird fucking, a weird fucking movie. And I respect yeah, the shit out of it, it's, frankly. Like, it's a, it's a weird, stupid movie, but it's, it's really fun and pretty decently done for the relatively low budget it had. Yeah. Um, some good effects and then some really not good <laughs> effects. Uh, most notably some compositing of uh, oh. the T-Rex is walking around. It seemed like they wow. were using the same shot of the T-Rex walking forward, too. Yes. It's badly composited. Oh, it's so great. Well, the thing is, you know, they made it in, what, two weeks? You know, the, yeah, right. the, the script took, like, a week. So, like, they're... Honestly, f- remarkable that they could do the entire pre- and production process in three weeks, get a script, get uh, hire actors, <laughs> build some sets. Uh, well, one funny of... thing about the production process was 
uh, the director demanded that all sets would be within 15 minutes of his house. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of, you know, I mean, considering like L.A. and California culture, yeah. like I, I respect it. It's funny, but also, you know, a yeah. Lot, yeah, a lot of delays in production come down to getting places. Yeah. And, you know, they had that big warehouse that we get the laboratory. Mm. We have the safari park. We have the house. It's all just very compact, <laughs> which is super economical. Yeah, I think this movie does so much with the restrictions it has. And uh, it has fun with it. And I think that's the most important part. Uh, I think they really got lucky with the casting, too. You know, uh, Denise Richards and Paul Walker. I think this was both of their first films, if I'm not mistaken. That would make sense. I, I don't know for sure, but they are both quite young uh, and fresh faced. Although that being said, Paul Walker himself is not in a whole lot of this movie. <laughs> Seeing as how his character is a big robotic T-Rex for two thirds of the movie. Man. I I keep thinking about how in Fast and Furious, what, 8, they have that end title sequence with, with Paul Walker CG'd in the car. After You'll he always died. be my brother. Yeah. 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 Uh, they should have just uh, CG'd a dinosaur in. Walking around with the cars. Yeah, they should have had. They should have CG'd Paul Walker riding on the back of a robotic T Rex <laughs> that speeds off into the sunset. Damn. If I gotta go, that's the way I wanna go right there. I don't even really know where to begin with this movie because there's so many weird fucking things about it. Like at the beginning, when uh, he tries to, Paul Walker tries to give Denise Richards a flower and she gives it back. <laughs> and he just eats it <laughs> and and you know that they only set that up so later when he's a t-rex he can eat a flower and she'll recognize that it's him because oh yeah it's my boyfriend who eats flowers for some reason <laughs> it, it must be it must be him <laughs> Or when they're having, uh, when he and her nasty gangster boyfriend, Billy, is named Billy? Yeah. It's a very uh, leather jacket gangster name, <laughs> uh, are fighting outside the school uh, at the very beginning, and the fight just turns into them grabbing each other's balls and squeezing them yeah, as hard as they someone can. someone calls it a testicular standoff, which is... <laughs> I, that's... That's it. Yeah, That's exactly, exactly what, what it, is. it is. There's no other word for it. <laughs> the cops showing up and trying to pry him off each other was pretty funny and how well, long it lasted. And then the reveal that Paul, Paul Walker was wearing a cup the mm -hmm. whole time. It's like, did Billy not notice that? Like, he had his hand on it. Like, could he not tell the difference between, like, a hard athletic cup and soft yielding testicles? Apparently not. That's a that's a decent place to start because it really sets up the tone of the movie we're getting into. Well, the, the opening credits is Tammy and like a dance team like dancing to a song about a T Rex. Yep. I wish I could remember how it goes. I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna put it in. Of the dinosaur. 
they're dancing like on beat to it, so it's implied that the music is diegetic. <laughs> yeah. Where did they get this song about look, a tear? <laughs> look, here's the thing. I, I said during the movie too. I'm uh, asking too many questions. I I grew up backstage at a dance studio and whatnot. And let me say something. They dance to some terrible music sometimes. You know, being a dancer doesn't mean you have good taste in music. That said, these dancers do, and plenty of dancers also do. Not trying to make any statements or anything. Don't come after me, please. I'm scared. It's believable is all I'm trying to get at. They'd be listening to a T-Rex song. And there you go. More movies need theme songs that are hyper specific it's not like a ballet movie. group anyway it's like yeah. it's like a it's like a jazzercise group or something it's like a school dance team it's I, a very 80s the neon spandex all that the leotards and whatnot you know it's a good vibe i agree with you though ben more movies do need specific theme songs over their opening credits like that is something that is so of the 90s and died with the 90s and i want to bring that back especially like god damn it if we have to and it always comes back to this but if we're gonna have to keep sitting through all of these fucking comic book movies then start giving me a fucking song at the beginning about why spider-man is the the best and that he can swing around and uh shoot webs i mean honestly though you can't hum the avengers theme song there's nothing to hum there but you can fucking sing spider-man's old theme songs any of them you know all the theme songs and openers for movies are great and uh more all of them always please i think honestly that was one of the things that that immediately like kicked off guardians is because it did that you know it just had like some fun like 80s tracks. See, I yeah, want, I want like, yeah, but I want something like written for yeah. that's about no, yeah. the movie, yeah. like this it. song, like <laughs> yeah. about the T Rex. I, I want to see like very misfitting, uh, hyper specific theme songs for movies, like singing about the May Queen uh, at the beginning oh, of it. <laughs> 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 yeah, instead of that absolutely harrowing uh, sequence of, like, following the tube from the... the no, it's uh, over top of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, the, no, right, but instead of, like, the, the hacks and cloak music and then, like, uh, covered over with uh, Florence Pugh, like, wailing in despair, just gives you a really horrible feeling in your stomach, like, really sets the tone. Instead of that, just something about dance around the maypole, spin around. May Queen, May Queen, May Queen, May Queen, May Queen, May Queen. Give me a bear suit, please. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah, why not? Just turn it into the chilies. The chili song from 20 years ago. Why the fuck not? Uh where to go next with this silly movie? Uh, should we talk a little bit about our our villain, the extremely horned up German doctor? Yeah, yes. and and his and his uh his sexy assistant who's like twice as tall as, as he is. Helga, yeah, Hel- who's Helga, also, of course. Who's, who's also remarkably horned up. Oh yeah. Uh, God, everyone is so horny in this movie. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I just love a good horny rap, you know, like everyone's just having a good time and being horny. It, it just rules. It's this is fun. Everybody in this movie is so goddamn horny. Yeah, it's great. Like I I that's that's the thing. Like I I really cannot fathom how they made this movie family friendly. Like I can see cutting around the gore stuff. Like you can you can make those cuts and like make the violence implied. But how 
how do you cut around all of the horniness? Because, like, so many people are just, like, sucking on each other's faces and stuff in this movie. Especially Helga and German Doctor. I'm I'm trying to wonder, like, yeah. Well, see, here's the thing, too, is, like... Families were hornier in the 90s. Yeah, and it was a PG-13 movie. You know, they didn't go all the way down to PG. (laughs) Why are you looking at me like that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Bad taste jokes <laughs> I could be making. I'm like, oh, on this podcast? <laughs> Gotta rise above. But no, um, yeah, everyone, everyone's horny as shit. The scene where uh, we're introduced to the doctor and the T Rex animatronic yes. as well is delightful because uh, we have like up in the booth. Our, our our quote mad scientist higher on is like he's like dialing Igor, up the machine, yeah, yeah. which is probably just like a sound booth. The mad scientist is so fascinating because he looks like a child, and I would assume he's younger, but he also looks like he's thirty at the same time. Yeah, it's one of those. It's like that. He's like a, like a Gary, that, Gary Coleman. He's the, got like a, it's that kind yeah. of review bra syndrome almost, where like. Hmm, he could be 11 or 35. I think it, I think it's actually a, a medical condition, like what Gary Coleman had, where like you're an adult, but you always kind of look like you're a child. Also like Andy Milanakis. Yeah, yeah whatever fair. that is. What's so funny to me about that scene where, like you said, we're introduced to both the mad German doctor and the T-Rex at the same time. It's like he comes in, he's wearing like all black. He's asking his little Igor assistant to like, Show me his teeth. Show me his power. Like, he's, like, taking the T-Rex for a spin and, like, putting stuff in its mouth for it to break. But his, his, we find out that his ultimate goal is to discover a way to make people immortal by putting human brains into robot bodies. Okay, sure. Why is he starting with a T-Rex? Because it's the ultimate symbol of power and sexuality. Damn. You just have an answer for everything, huh? Yes, sir. Yes, I do. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, like, he he does in that scene seem pretty horny for the T-Rex. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's a giant T-Rex, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. I mean, if you don't want it, you want to be it, right? It's, it's a giant. You know, it's Denise a giant. Denise Richard definitely agrees with you in this movie. Everyone agrees with in that in this movie. Everyone's horny for the T Rex. They're either horny to fuck it or horny to shoot it. When you want to shoot somebody, I don't think you call it horny to shoot. Them. Ah, you 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 want to penetrate it with bullets. Uh, it's okay. it's it's still a sexual thing. Well, look at Doctor Freud over here. I quote: "Don't pair me with that that quack." I quote Jesse Ventura in, in Predator: "This will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaur." All right, it's on the brain. It's on people's brains. All right, they want to be the ultimate symbol of animal power, and that's that's a T Rex because it's it's a legendary creature I can't, I can't that, 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 that roamed the earth. There's an offhand joke at one point where the doctor mentions that eventually he'll add the libido drive. To, uh, oh yeah, the <laughs> weird the transferred dinosaur, but 
the dinosaur is very horny. The dinosaur is already horny. <laughs> yeah. Paul Walker is horny. Yeah. Paul Wa- that's Paul Walker's brain. It is the libido drive, which is what makes it superior to a regular computer. See, oh yeah, that's the right. human. The, the meat power is. But he is said by he was going stronger. to add an additional libido drive. I think what he was trying to say uh, subtly is he was going to give it a dongus, a big old dick. Uh, libido drive is with quotes. Now, we don't know that the T-Rex did not already have a Dongus. Yeah, and in fact, you know... It is, there, implied, it that is implied that Denise Richards does fuck Does the fuck it in they a do. barn at one point. <laughs> they, they do very much so imply that. Uh, and I, but the well, specifics but see, I wonder, are not, you know. Right, like, you don't need a dick to fuck, you know? Like, that's not required. He's got a tail, a big tail. He's got, now, he's got all kinds kind of things. You know? we, don't, say, we don't need a gatekeeper. Little noodle, little we don't, noodle like ben, ben, we are we are an inclusive podcast, and there is no reason for us to gatekeep sexuality. All right, I, I gotta say, right? you don't I, need a, you don't need penetration or a dick. All right, that's I, not. I gotta what sex say, is about. I want to find a woman. I mean, that it can will be, love but... me even if I have a T Rex body and a T Rex dong, or you're just like a Ken doll <laughs> down there as a T Rex. That's the thing. Like Denise Richards does love Paul Walker unconditionally huh like as soon as she yeah. realizes that his brain has been put in the t-rex body like she's willing to make it work yeah. she'll yeah. work it out well i mean know? like or you know disembodied brain <laughs> later on well we'll get to that but, i mean you know here's the thing though you know it's like an animal an animal can't give consent so that's rape that's bad but he has a human brain he can give consent so it's That's it's true. all good, baby. That's you know what true. I'm saying? Like there's there's morally, ethically, you're you're in the clear. <laughs> you're solid, man. There's a human brain in that. You're good. You're good to go. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that uh, I think we can all agree that, like, if Denise Richards wants to fuck an animatronic T-Rex with Paul Walker's brain inside of it, then that's OK. Yep. You know, the, most of the movie is them like, trying bestiality's to, uh, bad. We can we can all agree on that one. Yeah, but, but this is this isn't that. It's okay. No, no. Yep. I don't think anybody ever said it was bestiality, but you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's no, not, sure. and that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> In case we've never established that. Yeah, I, I think uh, we need to take a firm stance on the podcast right here and now, and just make it really clear to our audience that we think bestiality is bad. This is an anti-bestiality podcast. Yeah, and if you have a problem with that, like. Honestly, dude, the please leave. <laughs> yeah, if please stop listening to if us you're right now. A dog or a horse or a cat, just stop listening. But I mean, anything that is a person. Yeah, uh, if you're but, fucking a robot, yeah, we don't, dinosaur, we don't need to get into specifics. But nope, if you're human brain, with a human brain, with a human, human brain. Hey, but yep. if you're fu- fucking just a robot dinosaur, yeah, that's okay. It's a robot, that's so yeah. that's all right too. Yeah, they yeah. make machines to fuck. That's right, unless it's an artificial intelligence and it says no, and then you can't. Can't do that. That's right. Yeah. Consent is important. Yep. (laughs) Would it be bestiality then? No, it'd be rape. (laughs) Okay. Because it said no. No means no, Ben. Come on. Get with the times. But isn't bestiality also rape? Yeah. Of an animal? Yeah. Yeah. What is... What... Let's steer this back on course. <laughs> this joke is starting to go a little bit too, get a little bit too dark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't know where this is going. I don't like it anymore. I was having fun, but well, uh, I don't care. And also, listeners, I don't care if you're in Florida or not. Still not not okay. <laughs> I don't care what the laws and bylaws are like in Florida. That doesn't matter. Yep. 
All right. Anyway, moving on. Well, we joke about Denise Richards wanting to fuck the T-Rex. And she does. And she does. Uh, she does. But, I mean, a, a big part of her motivation is to try to find uh, a body for, for Paul Walker. Um, you know, she, she does want to get him out of the T-Rex. She got her kicks. So she can have a human boyfriend. Their plan originally is to just get his body back. They go to his funeral, in which... <laughs> The the set for the funeral is so good because it's obviously just a park with some cardboard gravestones in the background that have just been sloppily painted with names. They uh, what? They're not even names. It's like like one just one says, of them just like, says widow. Yeah, widow. <laughs> and this is like Brad, I think, or something. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, there's and there's like three of them. Like it's it's <laughs> one of the most lazily designed sets i've ever seen 10 out of 10 um and it's th- that whole scene is fantastic uh, because it's all over the place like there's a, a relatively like genuinely heartwarming speech from paul walker's uh drunk uncle who's his guardian you know he gets up there and we're we're joking like oh yeah you know he's just gonna like burp or vomit onto the <laughs> coffin or whatever because he's a drunk and then he gives a speech about how like he's just an old drunk but taking care of paul of paul walker like gave him uh, a purpose for living more than just like the alcohol like i'm gonna miss you boy it's like it's legitimately wholesome and heartwarming but it's intercut with a robot (laughs) dinosaur crying (laughs) the t-rex is like many times in this movie just in the background quote-unquote hiding like behind bushes or something and nobody can see it even though it's very clearly just there in the background of the shot but yes you're right as as uh, during this very like wholesome and heartwarming like expression of love and grief it keeps cutting back to the robotic t-rex with just like water pouring out of its eyes like it is a robot t-rex like why does it have the ability to cry and more importantly if it has the ability to cry does it have the ability to come oh and now we're, and now we're back here <laughs> full circle and now we've come full circle we you thought i was steering us away <laughs> <laughs> but I lied. Yeah, I know it's evolving. <laughs> yeah, very, uh, very weird. But so after the funeral's over, they uh, go to open up the the casket to get Paul Walker's body, and it is just uh, rotten and covered in maggots. <laughs> Which is and rats and, and rats yeah. and they keep falling into the grave on top of yeah, it. Yeah, the evil scientist and his horny assistant fall in there as well. So it's just it's just it, it ends up being like two minutes of like people pushing each other into the grave and like trying to clamber out and pulling somebody else in on top of it, all while Denise Richards is screaming and there's a, just a big robot T Rex standing there like moving its little its little arms. <laughs> Uh, I can't imagine any of that scene being in the the PG-13 version. No! Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe in the early 90s, that wouldn't have seemed quite so macabre, but, like, it's... It's something that now that I think about it, that that scene might be my favorite scene in the movie. Just like all of the combined weirdness that it has, <laughs> uh, but it's followed up by a pretty great sequence where Denise Richards and her um, her gay best friend 
that's relevant because they almost say the F word yeah. multiple times in the movie. <laughs> yeah. They always just shy away from calling him the F word. And um Well, it's always the cops. Yeah, who yeah, are it's always always like, yeah, like, stupid like, the and cruel. Just like Yeah, sir, your f- son is here. Uh, see yeah, because it's his uh, <laughs> uh his dad's the sheriff. Yeah. Yeah, the, the deputies are Norval and Neville. <laughs> Awesome. And they are like the epitome of thumb cops. Yes, like They're they right. are dumb as bricks. Yeah, throughout like the whole and, movie. like like uh, fucking like Andy Griffith thumb cops though. Like like hillbilly yokel uh, uh, sheriff deputies. <laughs> but like I was saying, there's a great sequence where Denise Richards, where Tammy and uh, and Byron go to uh, the morgue to try to find a new body for uh, Paul Walker, who is outside uh, in the bed of a flatbed uh, dump truck, (laughs) just peeking over the top of it. We get this great montage of them, like, holding up different bodies to the window and the T-Rex reacting (laughs) to whether the body is good or not. He almost became a... A woman in that sequence. Uh, he thought about it. Yeah, he thought he about it. it over. He very progressive. Very progressive. But Denise Richards didn't want that. Yeah, not very progressive. No, she says, "I don't want a. I don't want a girl. I want a man." Yep. Tisk tisk. She's canceled. Mm-hmm. Shame. Jumping back just a little bit, I want to talk about well, two things. One, I want to talk about the sequence where Paul Walker's brain is actually put inside of the T Rex. Oh yeah. They have a pretty gratuitous scene where they, you know, cut his forehead open and take his brain out. Yes. <laughs> but it's it's undercut because the doctor is, like, basically ashing on Yes, the he's brain. smoking a cigarette while doing the brain surgery. Yeah, I was surprised. Like, the reason that scene surprised me so much is because earlier when Paul Walker is mauled by the lion... When we cut to him in the hospital, he looks fine. He's quote-unquote in a coma. Like, we see the lion, like, trying to tear out his throat, but once he's in the hospital, like, he has no wounds or anything. Like, he's totally fine. So I'm like, okay, I guess they wanted to keep it less gratuitous. But then once they steal his, his comatose body and cut his brain out, like, they show all of that. Yeah. Like, it's very gratuitous, like, them, like, sawing off the top part of his skull and blood spraying everywhere and getting yeah. on everything and, like, scooping his brain Putting out. Putting a bunch of probes into the brain, which yeah. is pretty funny. That's a pretty funny sequence when they're putting probes in the brain and making the, the body react in different ways. Yeah, the, they make one of the... Um, Oh, yeah, no, even before they put in the T-Rex, I was thinking when they have the T-Rex groping Helga, but no, you're right, when he's lying on there, these, like, poking parts of the brain, and uh, he's like, this one's my favorite, and he pokes it, and Paul Walker gets, like, a massive boner. And he, like, rubs it, and it, like, dances almost. This movie is so horny, man. Very juvenile. <laughs> a lot of fucking stupid toilet humor. Yeah, yeah. But after that, you know, the mad scientist and his horny assistant go off to to fuck, obviously. Yes. And so they make that very clear. They're horny for science. The Igor scientist and the very, very buff Dolph, assistant. Dolph Lundgren looking dude. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, steroid poster boy. They are ordering a pizza and just hanging out, watching over the the dino. Paul Walker reawakes as the dinosaur. Are they using like his his head as like a a trash can or something? They're using the the top part of his skull uh, to discard their uh, pizza crusts. And- <laughs> Which, uh, obviously, Paul Walker takes offense to. Yes, well, he wakes up and sees his body lying there on the table, um, does not react well, and very brutally kills um, Igor and and the beefmen. He brutally brutalizes them. Particularly the beefcake guy, he, like, uh, he trips and falls over and he, like, stomps all over him and flattens him. And we see his body the next day. Peeled up, Looney Tunes style. Yes, exactly. The scientists in Helga come back and they, and they roll his body up like a, (laughs) like a rug. (laughs) But it's still, like, gore, like, gore ridden. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, Lovely effect. I will say they, they, uh, despite some of the, the questionable, uh, composite when the t-rex is walking around they don't skimp on on the the gore effects like they're they go all out they're pretty good they're convincing which is what i think makes this movie so special yes because the the gore really adds a an element of shock (laughs) to an otherwise very silly film the juxtaposition really works well there's some dissonance there like it doesn't quite jive but in this case i think that makes the film more interesting because of yeah yeah the the weird dissonance between the goofy comedy family movie plot and just like the extreme violence It's got some kind of um, Psycho Goreman kind of vibes. Almost, yeah. Psycho Goreman, I think, is like is more trying to satirize stuff like this. The same kind of like juvenile sense of humor combined, like like toilet humor combined with extreme violence. Like I think there's there's some parallels there. Yeah, there there's some shades of Verhoeven too, without all of the commentary. Yeah, the, no, that's true. That's the true. juxtaposition of humor and uh, extreme gore, for sure. Um, but after Definitely the Denise Richards crossover yep. between this and Starship Troopers. Um, but after the dinosaur escapes, we have maybe my favorite shot of the film when he sees a payphone right outside of the <laughs> warehouse. And as a dinosaur, he takes a scrawny little dino arm and uh, calls Denise Richard and just roars into the mic. I love every time they have the dinosaur use its little arms because the way they do it is they just have like the the dinosaur's head coming in from the side of the frame and then they have uh, puppet arms with like human arms in them come up from the bottom. But the implication is like if you then when you see the T-Rex in wide shots of like how short its arms are, those shots just make it look like it's got spaghetti arms, <laughs> <laughs> little noodle arms that dip down below screen. And go back up. I, I need to. I need to like get a freeze frame of that, and then like shrink it down and draw the outside of the frame around it at some point. Yes, like, as a gag. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about the party sequence. After you know he escapes, the dinosaur goes out to the, seek vengeance. Yeah, to kill Billy and the the crew that put him. Billy and his horny gang. Yeah, in uh, in a coma from the safari and he finds them at a party and we have i guess the first one that 
is killed off is uh, played by the same character actor that played Roach in, in People, People Under, Under the, the Stairs. Stairs. Yeah, and a he's bit, like a few years later, I guess four yeah, years later. He's like pissing in the forest, and uh, <laughs> the dinosaur is just standing there. Yeah, he he thinks it's just a big dinosaur statue, and he starts pissing on uh, on its feet. And then it lifts its foot up and, like, uh, slashes open his stomach and his guts spill everywhere. <laughs> Which is a a great bit of effects right there. I thought there's a lot of detail. In, like, the it is. Guts. It's one of the it's one of the cheaper effects because they really just have like some pig intestines and then he's holding them to his <laughs> stomach and then drops them and they fall down. But you can see he's just wearing a black shirt underneath and that there's not a, it's not actually a hole. Uh, but it's that kind of stuff is charming. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. And then uh, Billy gets his comeuppance. Uh, He's uh, banging the girl that's horny for violence. Yes. Extremely horny for violence. <laughs> yeah, she's maybe the horniest character in a movie full of insanely horny characters. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, she's uh, nearing her climax and sees the T-Rex over Billy. <laughs> Yes, looming over them and starts screaming, not in ecstasy, but in fear. And Billy's response to that is, oh, yeah, I'm good, huh? <laughs> Which is a very funny joke. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, she gets her leg taken off uh which is a pretty good effect but yeah i think the whole chaos of that sequence is super fun between the uh the two guys that get crushed later and uh just the the madness that ensues i love when billy runs off and paul walker or the the dinosaur you know, gets to the party and everyone's running away. But you see the DJ just dancing in the background with his headphones like yep. he doesn't hear. <laughs> and then uh, Byron is at the party and uh, gets knocked over in the stampede where everybody is trying to get away. And the T-Rex bends down and picks him up and dusts off the shoulders of his jacket and like pats him on the head and that's how uh that's how he knows that uh or how he realizes later that it's uh that it's Paul Walker because um he's like yeah the dinosaur dusted he picked me up off the ground and dusted the the dirt off my jacket which is great it's mm. uh it's a fantastic sequence uh, and I, I think it's so funny that everyone is just so accepting of this uh, idea, pretty much, outside of the cops. You know, Denise Richards yeah. and Byron instantly just accept this. Yeah, right. And run with it. Well, the you know, he the T-Rex shows up to Denise Richards' house and sort of, like, kidnaps her out of her room and takes her to a barn. And as I mentioned, he... They they play a game of charades <laughs> for him to tell her that he's, that he's actually her boyfriend. But then he proves it by, as I mentioned before, eating a flower like he does in the movie or does at the beginning. It's like, which nobody would fucking do. He's just, like, totally unprompted. I still can't get over that. Like she hands him the flower and he just 
Oh, <laughs> just puts it in his mouth. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, you're a freak. Bye. <laughs> I'm going to go hang out with Billy. Yeah, well, I, I found that sequence so funny just because of the whole idea of a dinosaur playing charades. Yes. And it's like a complex game of charades. He pulls out the old sounds like. Yep, sounds like. Uh, rain. Rain, yeah, rain. <laughs> Brain. <laughs> It's it's funny how long that goes on for too. Like they do the whole they they get through the whole game. It's just fucking stupid. And the last like 10 15 minutes of the movie is basically just like a uh, a chase uh you know trying to to get away from the cops uh and a lot of um dumb nonsense ensues. Uh but they end up at is it the same barn or is it a different barn? Do they end up at that later? Uh, There's a lot of barns in this movie. Yeah, I think it's the same barn actually, uh, which you know makes sense. You know, That's both where he's in out. terms of the story and in terms of shooting. But we get a lot of great shots of uh, the T Rex uh, running away with Denise Richards riding on its back. Uh, which, as as we've mentioned a few times, is done in some truly uh, terrible uh, compositing. Oh, it's it looks so like funny, though. It's, it's really funny. Like it, it's it, it's feel like floating off the ground. Yeah, it it looks it looks it's the same kind of like animation style that like Terry Gilliam did for like the Monty Python shit, where it's just like magazine cutouts and just like swinging the legs, like swinging them back and forth and moving it across a still frame. It looks absolutely atrocious, but it's really, really funny. Because that is one thing. Like, the animatronic T-Rex is pretty decent, but its legs don't move. So they they try to they try to never... Like, when it's moving, it's obviously, like, on wheels because it's not <laughs> moving up and down at all. It's just kind of gliding around. And then they'll cut to, like, big rubber T-Rex feet with somebody's legs in them stomping around. I love how they find some clever ways around that. Like, they have him in a big truck for a while where you can only see his head yep they do definitely do some weird some weird fun shit to try to uh hide the the limitations of uh the animatronic t-rex which just begs the question like what was this t-rex made for like what was the intention of the t-rex because i know you said this this dutch businessman had it and wanted to make a movie around it but what did he have it from? What well, was what? Where did he had it for three from? weeks before he had to ship it off to an amusement park? So okay. I'm assuming it's like an amusement park type of thing. Gotcha. Like the the robot dinosaurs that they have at like Universal Studios. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That would make sense. Yeah. Um. I mean, as an animatronic, it's it's not bad. Like no. it's got it's got especially in its in its head and face like lots of points of articulation. I do think it's funny to note that this movie came out the year after Jurassic Park. Um, like, not not like they're comparable in any way, but just to see, like, what T-Rex effects can be at their peak as opposed to just making a movie with an amusement park T-Rex. If, if the original Jurassic Park had dinosaurs like this, it would be one of the funniest movies ever made. It would be one of the funniest movies ever made instead of one of the greatest <laughs> movies ever made. I think they they work around the limitations really well, um, especially considering they're short 
time Yeah, I budget. can't believe the turnaround. Like, <laughs> all of the nonsense in this movie makes so much sense when you consider that the script was written and the entire thing was shot in three weeks. Yeah, which is honestly kind of impressive. It kind of is impressive, right. and I can only imagine how much cocaine was involved. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Well, at the end, the uh, the German doctor shows up to try to convince the cops to let him handle the T-Rex. He has a tranquilizer gun. Once again, it's a robotic T-Rex. That doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> Somebody even asks him about it, and he's like, oh, yeah, it is um, special crystal. Like, he literally explains it away with crystals. <laughs> like, <just> <laughs> I thought the joke was it's actually a real gun, and he was just trying to explain yes. it away. No, because when he goes, he, does, he shoot it, it because then he shoots it, and it's a dart. Oh yeah, that's right. He goes okay, into the barn yeah. and shoots it, and it hits the uh, the like mounted deer head. But on the I wall, thought the same thing while the joke was like while they were telling the joke, and then they went to shoot the yeah. gun, and it was a tranquilizer. And it's a tranquilizer, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, very confusing. Uh, extremely. Um, but um, the T Rex kills a German doctor pretty easily. But then <laughs> there's a, a fucking phenomenal uh, scene where all of the cops for like five solid minutes just unload bullets into this big animatronic T-Rex until it just kind of falls over. (laughs) And then we jump forward in time and we don't really know what happened in between, but obviously Denise Richards has somehow managed to convince everybody that it is indeed Paul Walker's brain in there. And so the film ends with maybe... Not not even maybe. Definitely the horniest scene in the film. One of the most bizarre scenes in the film, too. Completely absurd. Yeah. I mean, we all know why they wrote it in. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah. For the director to go home and jerk off to it later. Uh, but we find uh, Tammy back home at her house, and she's keeping Paul Walker's brain in uh, just like a dish of, just a, yeah, of like, liquid. Just a, just a bowl. Uh, she has it hooked up to a um, a VHS camera so, it can, so he can see her, and also has it hooked up to a computer so it can speak in Paul Walker's voice. So he's just... <laughs> She starts by pouring a glass of whiskey just over his brain uh, and then does a prolonged uh, striptease dance for him um, that is really just like I it's borderline pornographic. Like if there was softcore, if there was actual nudity, like if, if she actually got her boobies out, it yeah. would be porn. It's, it's, Again, it's this softcore, movie though. is one of the horniest movies. But out the, there. What's so funny about the scene is that this striptease makes Paul Walker so horny that his brain catches on fire and explodes. And then the credits roll. <laughs> Which I mean, is, like, just hilarious. Well, I mean, in brains, fairness, like, Denise Richards. I mean, I 
yeah, yeah how about, how about you, you that to me too like during during that scene my, <laughs> my brain was was sparking and exploding yeah a little if bit. my brain wasn't if my brain wasn't wet down it might also catch on fire <laughs> but it's just like i it's it really is such a perfect way to end this movie with a literal brain exploding it's like that is this film in a nutshell just like the ethos of complete nonsense that if you think try to think too hard about it you're gonna you're gonna hurt yourself you're gonna hurt your brain and then a brain blows up and roll credits and that's that's the movie that's, that's tanny and the, and the, the teenage that, t-rex that's, that's tanny and the teenage t-rex do you guys have any other spots you wanted to hit no not really okay. i think that's all the main points movie horny movie, movie funny Movie horny, movie funny. Yeah. Uh, ben, why don't you go ahead and uh, get us started? Sure, sure. Ratings. So part of the the reason I picked this, you know, uh, it's was of rules. Well, yes, yes, that's part of the reason. But I I picked it partially because you know the Snyder cut of Justice League just came out. So in the zeitgeist, everyone's talking about alternate cuts of movies. Yes, the, and, uh, the true auteur's vision. And I think this is a case where <laughs> it actually serves in the favor of the film. Absolutely. Massively. I think this movie is kind of a soon-to-be cult classic in a lot of ways. I think it has all of those elements, and it's one of those movies where it's self-aware, but that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of a testament to the the craftsmanship of it in some ways. You know, if usually when you have, you know, a bad movie where it's self-aware, it's not good because it's too self-aware and mm-hmm. you know For its own it does yeah, yeah. It, do, it doesn't it falls flat. This movie doesn't fall flat. It's super funny, super fun. I had a blast watching it and we'll probably watch it again at some point soon. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5. It's definitely worth checking out. That is exactly what I was going to give this movie. A strong, strong 4 out of 5. It fucking ruled. Thank you, Ben, for picking this one. Uh, I had I had a lovely time watching it. Um, you know, for as horny as it gets. You know, late 80s, early 90s movies, like, often when they get really horny, they get, they get really problematic. And there's, like, nothing problematic about those. It's just fun horniness. Well, that's the thing. It's, like, horny without being, like, pervy or sleazy or edgy really? yeah. yeah like and i i appreciate the shit out of that frankly and like not enough of that in movies from that time honestly so uh, yeah, it was nice no, it was like, no like it was rape in this movie. yeah it was guilt-free horniness and like i i love that like i'm all i'm all about it i, I stand that uh so no big props to this movie Again, like again, like it's when the effects are bad, they're like belly, like belly laugh bad, like they're mm. fucking hilarious. And then like, it, whenever like it's decent, it catches you off guard in a fun way. It's a delight. It's a delightful movie, and yeah, an easy and a strong four out of five. Yeah, this is a fucking absolutely bizarre, uh, bonkers film. I don't know how often I'll have a desire to go back to it, but um, it's it's definitely a film to be seen, no doubt about it. It's difficult to describe and best experience. Um, So I I absolutely recommend watching it for novelty's sake. There are a lot of good laughs to be had. It was a fun time all around. I'm going to give it a strong three and a half out of five. Like there, is there really like a, like a scene in here that's a dud? Like that that goes too long or like like has you like bored or whatever because like I yeah I was entertained the whole movie just yeah about. it's pretty short and economic with what it does 
if something's on screen, like it's either weird, stupid, or funny. Like there, there's for the most part, yeah. yeah. There, there's there's hardly a time where like you're just left sitting there. Well, that will give specifically the original R-rated version of Tammy and the T Rex, the gore cut, the gore cut, an average of three point eight out of five pods. Again, I cannot speak to the the family friendly cut that has been hanging around for all these years, but uh, this one. Strong recommend. Uh, Family cut, not canon. A film unlike anything I've ever seen. So next week, it is my pick, and I'm going to uh, stick with the trend of wild cards and doing something different. I'm going to be picking a film that I saw in theaters and has some things that I think are very cool and very interesting concepts, but also some of the dumbest writing I've ever seen in a horror film. Um, So I think this is going to be a movie where we have a lot to talk about because I think it is in a very weird middle ground between good and bad. Uh, And the film that I'm talking about is Daybreakers. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Tease. Shit. We watched... You showed me Daybreakers. I think we might have seen it together in the theaters. No. No, you had the DVD of it, I'm I pretty sure. I do not have the you DVD. Got it on blo- you got it at Blockbuster? I don't think so. I only saw it once in the theaters, and I think that's the only time I've ever seen it. Okay, I have a memory of Daybreakers involving Blockbuster. Uh, maybe in the next week I can I can recollect it for the podcast and figure out what 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 my brain is trying to conjure up, but... Anywho, we definitely had extensive discussions about Daybreakers. Oh yeah, I still think about Daybreakers all the time <laughs> for both good and bad reasons. I I don't. I can't. I can't say. I can't say I do. But I. Uh, it, it comes to mind every once in a while, and uh, I'll be curious to see. I haven't seen it. it. I haven't seen it in years. But I, I know it's not good. I, I remember I, some I, very specific <laughs> things about it. It, it has uh, a hell of a cast in it. What? Sam Neill, Willem Dafoe? Sam Neill, Willem Dafoe, Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's the cast is stacked. And like I said, I think it does have some cool stuff. Anyway, let's not blow our load. Come back next week for our review of Daybreakers. <laughs> Um, and uh, that will bring us to the end of this week's episode. Do we have a sponsor, Cleveland, before we sign out? Yeah, this episode was brought to you by Bad Dragon. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> kidding, kidding. Not actually. Uh, not actually, actually at all. They haven't given us Not a sponsor, money. and uh, I mean... If they wanted to. I mean, I... I, I don't know. I, it's not really our scene. Uh, uh, it's not really our scene, but... Uh, and not nothing against it, but it's not it's not our scene. Uh, but uh, no, this this episode was brought to. You. And if you don't know what that is, uh, 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 be wary, be wary, googling it. Uh, be very wary. Uh, it's monster dildos. Yeah, I'll say it for the <laughs> there you go. Which, which is pretty funny. Like uh, when it's monster dildos with deep lore. Specifically, every dildo has deep lore on it, which is hilarious. I need. To, um, I want to know how I can get that job. I'm writing, writing lore deep for lore for dildos. Writing lore right, for dildos. Right, like fucking hilarious, literally. But uh, no, um, uh, yeah, this episode was brought to you by the good folks at uh, T Rex T or T hyphen ears. Uh, if what? you're a T-Rex and looking to cry and you need that lubricant, oh. 
get you some some T-Rex tears, and uh, they're good for... Why are you saying it like that? They're tears. T-Rex, T-Tears. It's like... I thought you were saying T-Rex. T-Rex is the joke. I should have gone with T-Rex. I mean, because I mean, it is. I just misread the script. Uh, yeah, this episode is brought to you by T-Rex. Uh, uh, tear... <laughs> <laughs> tears for T-Rexes. Uh, all used for lubricants of all kinds. There you go. I thought you were saying, like, T-Rex tears, like making T-shirts for T-Rexes. Oh, I see. They're teeing the T-Rexes. Spill, anyway. spill the tea, Rex. If you, <laughs> if you like the show and don't find it so confusing that it hurts your brain, then uh, why don't you leave us a five-star rating and a, uh, a short and sweet review on Apple Podcasts? It only hey. has to be a couple words. It can just be, I like this. And maybe it hurts your brain in a good way, and you can still leave five stars. Yeah, you know, either or, whatever floats your boat or your T-Rex. Yeah. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at PodPeoplePod and at Letterboxd.com slash PodPeoplePod, where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews. I'm on Twitter at some spooky snake. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. And I tweet for LightArc Studios as we put up progress on It Stares Back. Check out Tower Call, our latest release that doubled the content in our game. Um, and uh, you can also check out my work on ArtStation under Cleveland Mosier. And occasionally I uh, do a little freelance, a little, little scary scary paintings for people, little animations and things like that. Um, but mostly I'm working for Dread XP as we put out progress on super cool games such as Dread X. The Dreadx Collection games uh, this week, uh, or not this week, but very soon, um, The Hunt is coming out. Oh my god, it looks amazing. There are some really cool, like, shooters in that collection. There's some incredible games there. Um, and, I think, yeah, it's going to be... Pew, pew. It's going to be rad. Like to say pew, pew. Also, pew, pew. your horror podcast person, you like the thing, it's all on an ice base. It's very, very thing-like. Very, sc- very scary. So it's very fun. Spooky, scary skeletons sending shivers down your spine that's right well thank you gentle listener for joining us as always good night and we hope that you have some sweet dino dreams dance to the music of the dinosaur